the only way that we ever can bring a new medication or a new medical device or a diagnostic test um, to improve the health of people is first having them tested in clinical trials. That was Dr. David Charles, chairman of the Alliance for Patient Access and a steering committee member of the Coalition for Clinical Trials Awareness. I'm Amanda Conshafter, and this is AFPA's Patient Access Podcast. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Charles. Thanks for having me. So let's touch on the Coalition for Clinical Trials Awareness. I know you're a busy man at Vanderbilt University. You're teaching, you're seeing patients, you're conducting research, you you have a family, four children, and you're the chairman of the Alliance for Patient Access. Why did you decide to find the time to help lead the Coalition for Clinical Trials Awareness as well? Well, just to, to take a step back, the Coalition for Clinical Trials Awareness, our goal is to raise the public's awareness about the benefits of clinical trials to society. So in my work at Vanderbilt University, I lead clinical trials testing new medications and new medical devices for the treatment of Parkinson's disease. And I see that one of our biggest challenges is having enough people enroll in clinical trials to help understand if these new treatments will be uh, beneficial to patients. More importantly, we really have a struggle in enrolling infants and senior citizens in clinical trials to better understand how medicines work in those populations. So the overarching goal is to have a federally supported campaign that would elevate the public's awareness about the benefits of clinical trials to our society. So Clinical Trials Awareness Week is May 13 through 17 this year, and it's focused on one issue in particular, which is costs. Let me get right to it, Dr. Charles. Is clinical trials participation free? Well, I guess in one sense, you might say yes. In general, when a person participates in a clinical trial, let's say it's testing a new medication or a new medical device, there's no charge to the person participating for that medication. But there are a host of other factors that do incur cost to the patient. And it's important that that patients be aware and prepared for those. So if I were to sign up for a clinical trial, what would some of those costs be? What could I expect? Well, here's what my patients face. When coming to Vanderbilt for a clinical trial, often they may have to travel a great distance depending on where their home is. So the cost of transportation, parking, tolls, things like that. But what about childcare? If they have uh, children at home, do they need lodging and in our city when they come to participate in a clinical trial. So there there can be a host of costs. Um, and on top of that, even missed work that, that people can incur if they participate in a clinical trial. I imagine there would also be maybe tolls to pay, parking fees, meals away from home. And it sounds like these costs could really add up. So what do patients do? Well, I think it's, you know, individual for for each person. I've found over time that people who participate in clinical trials um, are doing so because they hope to help others in the future that may have a similar condition or or medical illness that they have. And so often they're very committed, but sometimes the cost can just really be, be so much that a person can't continue to participate in a clinical trial or they would like to participate in a clinical trial, but as they anticipate missing work 
the travel meals out and things like that, sometimes they're not able to. Talk to me about the big picture implications here. If the related costs are too much and I, for example, drop out of my clinical trial, that's a loss for me. But is there more to it as well? Well, there certainly is. Um, The only way that we ever can bring a new medication or a new medical device or diagnostic test um, to improve the health of people is first having them tested in clinical trials. And so people participate in these clinical trials, and it leads to these amazing new treatments that we have. But if someone enrolls in a clinical trial and then they're not able to continue because of these financial barriers, dropping out of the trial has a huge cost. The patient obviously has had the cost of their participation, but then there's the cost to the trial and the cost to society as it continues to slow down um, the completion of the study to determine whether it's you know a terrific new medicine or whether the medicine needs to be adjusted. All of that said, you know when you think about this, if you have people that really want to participate but they can't, are they really being marginalized because they don't really have the ability to to overcome these financial barriers? Um, are there are there populations of people in our society that would love to participate but just simply can't? because of having a, a low income um, or being in, in work situations where they could participate. Your organization, the Coalition for Clinical Trials Awareness, decided to make cost barriers and financial support the key issue for this year's Clinical Trials Awareness Week. What do you hope increased awareness of this issue will accomplish? Well, I hope it could accomplish more use of existing resources and more importantly, the creation of additional resources. At a policy level, agreement that helping patients pay for their expenses and overcoming the cost that they incur for trial-related expenses is not coercion. Clinical trials are too important. We can't have unexpected expenses deter otherwise qualifying and willing participants to help advance research. So therefore, I encourage people to check out the CCTA website. It's cctawareness.org. And then consider participating in our Capitol Hill briefing. That will be at the U.S. Capitol on Tuesday, May 14th, and more about that is on the website. Additionally, we have a a Twitter chat, which will be on Friday, May 17th. We'd like to end with a lightning round. So I will challenge you to take 20 seconds to answer each of the following questions. I'm ready. Okay, so we're coming up on Mother's Day and Father's Day, and I mentioned earlier that you have four kids, the youngest of which just started college. What is your advice to parents? I think my advice to parents is is encourage them to achieve, uh, enjoy them while they're at home with you. Being an empty nester now, uh, I miss them so much. Um, And then encourage them to support one another as siblings. All right. What is the summer activity you're most looking forward to? Okay. Hiking in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. Um, Our family has a small cabin in the White Mountains of New Hampshire, and hiking um, along the Appalachian Trail through the Whites is is, uh, one of the things we do almost every summer, and really looking forward to it this year. Last question. What song gets stuck inside your head? Okay. I have no idea why this song got 
stuck inside my head this past week. So I'm mowing our lawn. Um, It's about a two-hour job to get through it. And the song Amazing Grace got stuck in my head for about two hours while mowing the lawn. So I have no idea why that happened, but that's the one that, that was there. Well, at least that's an inspirational one. All right. Well, Dr. Charles, thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate the time. Very good. Thank you.